0: You won't ever fully perform if you don't feel valued and seen as a person. Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast, The Bold Tackle.
1: We are your hosts, Sophie Howard and Oliver Howard, and we are ready to tackle bold topic in sport,
0: highlight the women's football industry,
1: and speak about the unspoken.
0: If you are ready to get an insight into what really goes on behind the scenes, join us in our journey and listen
1: to The Bowl Tackle. Welcome back to our new podcast, The Bowl Tackle and Hi Sov. lovely to have you here again.
0: Hi Ollie, nice to see you again and welcome back everyone.
1: So if we started off the first episode talking about your career a little bit, how you got to where you are now. um, What I'd like to do is to talk about the last season you had at Leicester POSAP was a pretty difficult one for the whole team.
0: Yeah, um, to say the least. Last season at Leicester was a very, very tough one. It was a, a season where we held our breath for the entire time pretty much.
1: Let's start at the beginning because you started off staying in the league. Uh, it was a year after COVID and you had Lydia uh, Bedford who kept you up uh, the season before starting off um, the season. Um, how was the preparation for the whole season?
0: Um, yeah, as you mentioned, um, I think it's important to kind of, kind of share with people that within those three years that I've been at Leicester, we've had three different managers. Um, which is obviously including we, Willie Kirk yeah including Willie Kirk yeah um, we, we started with Jonathan Morgan um, and after getting promoted to the WSL after I'd say less than half a year um, Lydia came in um, as a new appointment and um, she managed to keep us in the league um, and then fast forward obviously to the preparation for the next next season um, it was a very long pre-season I think we were still piecing things together we had just about managed to stay in the league um, it was a constant, constant sorry, battle with Birmingham at the bottom in that first year um, and we managed to pick points up against Birmingham at home and, and away which were crucial to us staying up um, and then to, towards the next season in, in pre-season as I said, it was still about piecing things together. Um, we definitely weren't at the level that we are now. And we were just... Pre-season wasn't great. And I don't know if people were aware, we didn't win a single game. I think towards the end, maybe, we, we did win a game. But um, out of, say, six games, I think we won one. But what
1: changed? was you had a mentality high or mental high by the end of season 21, 22. You start preparing for the next season. You must be on a high, leaving uh, the season as you did, even if it was a fight, even with the, if it was a battle. You left staying in the league. And my feeling then would be, let's go girls. Let's get this next season. Let's start off better than we did the season before. How can you then start a... Um, uh, pre-season and losing so many games
0: I think it's quite nice because I can compare it to the second year and I think the biggest difference was yes we were on a mental high emotional high because we managed to stay in the league but that vanishes once you come in for, for the next pre-season which it also will mm. when we go back soon um, but the the biggest difference for me is we had say 23 individual fighters and we never fought as a unit as a as a team Yes, um, we played together as a team and we all got on. But compared to what we've achieved now, um, it was everyone fighting an individual battle, basically.
1: And why was that? Why were you not a team?
0: I think we just n- never gelled off the pitch. Um, I think on the pitch we managed to put that aside for for the most part. Um, but there are definitely... There there were some cultural difficulties. Um, The environment wasn't one where you could thrive. Um, And that is me being completely honest. And I think we were working towards a high performance environment, but the foundations weren't right. So that would have never been able to be achieved.
1: So I'd like to talk about this and change of foundations and change of tactics and change of team uh, a little bit later in this um, episode. Can we, can we still stick to the first half of the season? Because if we look at the first half of the season, you didn't get a single point um, up until, I don't know what it was, game week 11? Um, I think it was somewhere, sometime in January. Let's look at the first half of the season, though, because one of the most crucial games for you guys to probably stay up in the in the league was game week 6 against Reading. And the performance was okay, Uh, I think you were leading up 1-0 right until the end of the game and then you conceded two goals. Um, What did that do to you as a team and the whole mental um, strength of the team?
0: Fortunately, it was still early on in the the season. Um, Yes, we were devastated. We knew how important that game was. Um, It's the well-known six-point games um, that we... Not only had just lost, we'd given it away in the last final minute and that that one hurt. But at that point, we were still aware of, we still had loads of games to go and the season can be long. And all we could do in that moment is, of course, we were frustrated, but regroup and make sure we make use of the, the games coming up. But Reading was definitely a massive loss.
1: But Reading was of a different opinion because I remember... Uh, one of the interviews they had after that game where they said this was the first big step to stay in, in the league, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it, it was in a podcast uh, where it was mentioned that the, the win against us, I don't know the exact word, so I don't want to lie, but it was something down the line that that will keep them in the league.
1: And what did that do to you as a squad?
0: It got shared. I'd listened to the podcast and um, I shared it with my my close people on the team. And you can just see how the fire grew. We wanted to prove people wrong. That you, was not the case.
1: Can you talk about your emotions that you had when you were listening to that podcast? What did it do to you and your mind and your, your mindset for the second half of the season?
0: I think some people might get angry if they hear something like that. I calmly smile to myself because <laughs> I think, thanks for th- saying that. I've now got something official I can prove you wrong about.
1: And extra motivation. Oh, yeah. So this game against uh, Reading was end of October. And by beginning of November, Willie Kirk was appointed. I'd like to talk about him a little bit in a minute. But could Lydia have done anything different?
0: I think football is a cutthroat business. It's become a cutthroat business. And in the end, um, as much as you can put in solid performances results matter and at that point we had zero points zero results so therefore it was what the club had to do if we wanted to turn that sinking ship around
1: so so beginning of november willie kirk got appointed he had a bit of a history uh, in the wsl already he was at everton uh, i think he was at, a, at the cup final wasn't he he had a short stint at manchester united uh, he brought bristol city up to the wsl um so he takes over. He has the the team with Steve Kirby and Imohesky. What was the general vibes in the camp when he got appointed?
0: I think with any manager change, there's nerves. And I think what Willie did really well, he acknowledged that right away from the beginning. He shared that he was aware that there's going to be a mix of a mix of emotions. There's going to be people that are happy about the change, people that are maybe nervous or anxious. Um, and people that are unhappy about the change. Um, and I think him putting it out there right away took away these the severity of these nerves or these this mix of emotions. Um, we also knew something had to change. We were at zero point. It was very frustrating. And we were almost drained of putting in, I say, solid performances because we could only see six months later the potential we could actually reach. So at that point, we thought they were good, solid performances, but we reached a completely different level. Um, and we narrowly lost games in the final minute. Um, so it was very frustrating, but we were fully aware of something had to change because otherwise this was not going to end well.
1: And something that did change in the um, in, in winter transfer window was you got a couple of new players in mostly loans um can you talk a, a bit about them as well and and what they brought to the team
0: yeah as you mentioned we we put a few players out on loan um and we brought a few players in i think the biggest thing that happened when Willie came in is um, without sounding too brutal but our culture and environment got completely ripped apart there was a massive reset and it was a complete kind of rebuild
1: Can you give some examples?
0: Change of personnel, Um, many discussions about how we were not a high performance environment, and we had to bring back that competitiveness and also I think the trust aspect, which high performance is based on. And as I said before, we seem to be individual fighters. And we could only create a strong team by honesty and building that trust.
1: And did uh, some of the new players bring any of these aspects as well? When they came from different teams, were they able to help in getting this
0: familyness back together? I think all of them did, because this is, as far as I'm concerned, how we recruit. We don't only recruit top class players recruit people that can add to our culture that align with our values and are simply good competitive people um and i say good competitive because you i think you can have nice people but on the pitch niceness doesn't get you far
1: did the people that have to had to leave on loan not have that
0: i think they were strong individual fighters um but that's not the direction that we were going in
1: you just mentioned one of the big changes being trust within the team, within the camp. Um, I I watched an interview between Gary Neville and Delhi Ali, and we'll probably talk about mental health at some point in this podcast as well. But one thing that struck me, which might seem a little bit minor, was that uh, Delhi Ali said how important Poch was for him, and that he was not at first point a professional footballer, but he was a person. And Poch cared about Delhi as a person. So how important within football, let's talk about women's football. We can talk about football in general as well. But in women's football, how important is it that this trust between manager and player and maybe this we are people as well? How important is that? And not just focusing on this high performance, as you just said.
0: I believe that being seen as a person, first and foremost, is crucial. Is absolutely crucial in even attempting to reach your potential. Um, you, I believe, you won't ever fully perform if you don't feel valued and seen as a person.
1: Is that is that the case with most of uh, women's football teams? Well, you've you've been at a couple.
0: I think that's a massive um, loophole uh, within management. And I think that is partially down to when you become manager, you go through attaining all your badges. And as far as I'm concerned, at at no point or a, a very small fraction, you talk about people management. You talk about how crucial it is that you're working with people. We're not a product and um, we're not mannequins you can shove about. And that is something that needs to be reevaluated, um, And obviously if anyone that is listening has a different experience going through a coaching pass, then I'd love to hear about it. But I do believe that's a massive, massive um, area that needs to be improved.
1: I think uh, coming from the business side and not from the football side, I see very similar situations in business that people can be very good at their job, they become a manager, but they have no clue of how to manage people. And I think that's when companies start to crumble, when people management is not right. Because a person, I think, generally, if you work with them as a person, they'll do anything for you if they know the trust is on both sides. And I think, going back to this interview, just very briefly, I think that was one point that was not highlighted when it was talked about in the media, because they focused on all the other really, really bad things. But I think that is something that can be changed within, well, everywhere. Not only the football industry, but every industry. um, And that could bring whole companies, football teams, very, very far. Um, Let's talk about Janina Leitziger just a little bit. Um, because we'll talk about her at the end maybe um, when we when we highlight the new season. How important was it to have a goalie behind you that you could trust?
0: Yeah, I think before we talk about Janina, our goalkeepers um, had a tough time that, that first half of the season. Um, things weren't going well. And when you can see goals and you can see goals late, everyone looks at the goalkeeper. And simply put, in those moments, they didn't look great. What everyone forgot is what happened before that. But for the outside world, that's all that matters. But bringing in Yanina was, first of all, a massive loan signing. No one um, was even aware that we were capable of, of making such a signing. And it was the moment things changed. And I'm not saying Janina was responsible for everything that changed, because I think we cannot forget all the players that went through the whole season through all those exhausting times and managed to I guess shift it around and then with adding adding more players with that quality of say Yanina or other players we brought in in January the lone players um, that all con- contributed massively to what we were building that second half um, that's why we were capable of doing what we did
1: it was just one part of the puzzle
0: Exactly. Um, Because what we can't forget is you learn from those times of hardship and we had many players that had been through that in the previous season. We had many players now that were um, part of what we'd been through the first half and that's why we could build that mental strength that everyone is talking about now. That didn't come overnight. That came because we had to go through those rough, awful, actually, times.
1: To build that mental strength, did you do anything in specific?
0: The biggest thing was having to go through those times. But it also built on, as I mentioned before, trust. Our culture being completely ripped apart and put back together to build a solid foundation which relied on the trust, which relied on accountability and responsibility. That's where that strength comes from because we were now in it together. And if one of us had a down day, we could lean on one another. And not only could we lean on one another, we called one another out to make sure you're coming back up with us. But what
1: I find so hard to understand, and this is why I asked for specific examples, it's, yes, the coach changed. But as you mentioned, you had a stability with Steve Kirby still being there. And... You didn't get many new loan players. You didn't loan many players out. The team in general, and this is why I always find it hard to understand when a manager changes, and his mental strength and view on the game changes completely. There must be something you do within training, within uh, your team talks, within the tactics, that changes this way to approach the whole game and the whole situation.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to, kind of summarize um everything that changed because if you kind of go go into detail a lot of things changed i mentioned the culture and the biggest thing there was we were holding one another accountable and um the all blacks talk about it in their book in in legacy like you can't have dickheads that's what the words they use um you can't have people that are doing their own thing And that's what changed. Um, To be brutally honest is I think we'd lost the dressing room before the manager change. And if that has happened, in my opinion, there's no way back. So it was a downward spiral. Um, But with that change, um, as I mentioned, accountability, we could not do what we wanted anymore. It was we were part of a big project, a big puzzle. You better play your part. Otherwise, you're gone and that was made very very clear you better follow what we are doing or you won't be here next season um and it sounds brutal and it is brutal but that's what we needed and that's definitely what happened you could see the results but even in in training and in, in in the team meetings everything was sharper because now everyone was switched on um every every time uh, the, there's a manager change um, for the first week or two, everything, everyone's on it. It's it's sharp, it's focused. And they're it's tiptoes, up, aren't they? Yeah, it's the same as when you get your um, participation marks at school. You get your marks, your grades. Suddenly, the next couple of lessons, everyone's raising their hands. It's the same thing. So after a manager change, for the first two weeks, I say, everyone's spot on even on off-the-pitch stuff, everyone's asking for analysis, everyone's participating in meetings, it's then the weeks after that you have to look up. And that's the crucial part where this didn't stop, this didn't drop. Um, Not only did we notice, if everyone's on board and everyone's on it, that training can get that much better. Um, I think from Willie coming in, training changed in a sense of not every day was the same in terms of intensity, duration, content. It was very specific. That day we're doing that, that day we're doing that, that day we're doing that. Um, And that's from like physical output, technical output, technical output. Um, So that's something that got shared with us and we were all on board. So we knew Wednesday is going to be tough. We better get through that somehow.
1: And I think that change in physicality you did see, did many things change within his tactics as well? Because he was still bottom of the league it was still more about defending than scoring
0: Well I think actually you're saying that but for me the biggest thing is we went out not to defend our goal we went out to attack and um, the first couple of weeks up until Christmas the first month really um, we were still losing it wasn't a fairy tale where Willie came in and suddenly we won everything not at all Up until Christmas, we were still at zero points. But that transfer window was incredibly crucial. We were also in one day after Boxing Day, pretty much, um, because we knew we needed every single day, every single session we could get to, as I mentioned before, turn the sinking ship around. Um,
1: And you did. You get to game week 11, you play Brighton. 3-0, I think it was.
0: Yeah, that was, for me, the turnaround point and the most important game of the season. People talk about the Reading game. Yes, it was a big, big game. For me, that game shifted momentum because now we realised we were capable of winning. We were capable of dominating an opponent that was above us. We put a massive show on for the spectators that had stuck with us through the entire spell where we had zero points, hardly any goals. Bless them, we owed them that.
1: (laughs) You talk about dominating an opponent and the game that more or less impressed me the most was Liverpool. Yeah, you won against Brighton 3-0, but watching the Liverpool game, you seemed like a different team. You seemed like you'd been doing this week in, week out. Of course, you have the top teams where... It's a hit or miss, and most of the times it's a miss. But looking at Liverpool, you were dominating them. There was no chance they were going to get anywhere past the defence. And your strikers and the whole attacking team just looked so sharp. We're going on the pitch and we're going to win this.
0: What was crucial against Liverpool is we got the first five minutes right. We came out, we put a hard tackle in, and every time a red player touched the ball, we had about three blue judges around them and that set the tone for the game and then we could let the football do the talking. But
1: isn't that exactly the times that, well that's at least that's the times that I loved going on the pitch when you were suddenly seeing your whole team around you running attacking and for me the best part in football was never scoring or anything it was seeing your whole team tackle being the play goes past you say oh two more there and it's this is fun and you're oh I'm going to go back and cover them and it's this togetherness that springs that you can hear it maybe in my voice brings the whole football love back to me it's fighting as a team and going as a team and being a family
0: yes 100 i can agree that game felt like we not only had 11 players on the pitch it felt like we had 22 probably <laughs> but we were so in sync we we i knew exactly what the player and the left wing was doing um probably the striker knew exactly how it was now going to tackle that ball or that player we we knew what we were doing together and we got so pumped after those first five minutes There was no way anyone or anything was going to stop us that day And I think you talking about how crucial um, those parts of the game are um, We can't forget that we had come off having zero points And we'd come off of putting good performances in and losing last minute So that is somewhere still in your mind and sometimes we were still quite a young team. Sometimes I think that got to our head. And that is what happened against West Ham, in my opinion. You play with freedom, suddenly you reach a new potential. You play with the fear of failure because now the pressure's on you a bit. Everyone's watching. We did not have this pressure at the beginning. The pressure came because we put in performances. Everyone's watching now. We know we can pretty much close the deal against West Ham. And I say we fail. Because in my opinion, we have fear of failure. So now you're playing rigid. Now you're playing, you're stiff and things aren't working. You're hesitant. Maybe the first pass is not getting there. And now you're second guessing what you're doing. And that's what happened, I think. And that is what we have to change in the next season. Mm. That, okay, that job is done now. We've stayed up. But now we have to reach a new level Mentally, I
1: think. I think you just need to build that love of tackling, defending, and giving it giving it your all as a team. Because looking at the game against Arsenal, big team, but you guys were 100% focused. You were so close to getting the point, and you would have deserved it as well. But that just goes to show that you, as a team, really have a chance to annoy the big teams. But how devastating is it to just miss out in games like this in the last second?
0: It was frustrating more than devastating because I think the fact that we were even disappointed and annoyed almost that we didn't get a point from that game showed how far we had come. And um, different to Liverpool, when we played Arsenal, we did not dominate the game, same possession. But we won't against the big team. We are fully aware of where we are with the journey of Leicester City. But... I think what we did there is we fought. We put a dogfight in. And um, there was definitely spells where we played really good football and where we broke them. Um, we obviously had done our analysis and we, we'd figure out areas how we or, or ways how we can break them. And we had a few good chances, but it was more about... The, Arsenal was very fluid in the way they play. So for us, it was about, first of all, winning them individual battles. Um, and a lot of us did that day. Where we got that from, not a clue. <laughs> but if you see the person yeah, if you see the person next to you winning their battle, I better make sure I win mine because otherwise I'm letting that person next to me down, and it worked that game and we put a an extreme extremely big shift in that day so it was really disappointing when we when we conceded that latest goal, um but as I said earlier to to see how far we'd come was almost a little bit of I felt pride, um it is you're proud of your family. Because what we created in that second half was it was your football family, I believe. And that's the way we want to be portrayed. We're a tight-knit family and nothing's going to break us.
1: And still it came down to the last day. Although it was pretty unlikely that something would happen, it did come down to the last day for you to secure staying up in a WSL. How was your emotions and your feeling after actually making it?
0: Oh, we were delighted. We were... Absolutely over the moon! Do you know it made it extra special that um, we had loads of fans travelling to the game, and Leicester Brighton is not close, so they took a massive journey on themselves to be there. Um, it again wasn't a pretty game, but what we'd learn, and again we learned the lesson through shit situations. We weren't learn lesson through tough times, and we'd almost I said failed against West Ham the week before because we'd played so much better before. And we were capable of winning that game and staying in the league at home um, with our home fans, and it was too nice. It would have been too nice to be true, kind of thing. And we'd learned from that because we hadn't done ourselves justice by performing the way we did, and especially mentally coming out the way we did. So we knew we had to put that right against Brighton, and we did. As I said, it wasn't a pretty game, but we stuck together. Um, there were tough spells that we we rode the wave in those spells but um in the end we won and we stayed up in the league
1: how important was the support from all your fans because seeing the growth over the last couple of years it's grown massively uh but you're still not quite there in in terms of numbers where you want to be but how important is it to have this um this core support from the from the fans and them travelling with you because you always talk about home games and away games in the men's football um where you have the full support behind you and it's just a little bit easier to get where you want to be is that starting to portray in women's football as well with the fans being there do you want to achieve more when you have them with you
0: it definitely um it definitely helps the support definitely helps and i think As a club, but as women's football, we always make sure we let them know how much we appreciate it. Um, There are spells in the game where you are completely exhausted and when you hear the people in the stand shouting for you and encouraging you, they can't give you a pair of uh, fresh legs, but they can definitely get you over the finish line, so to speak. Second breath. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, And they're the games that, you need them so much. And I think I always mention this. For the fans to stick with us through so many games and having zero points at Christmas, it was our responsibility to give that back to them. And we always discuss this as a team. We can smile about it now, but we, we owed them so much. After games where we lost 8-0, they were still there encouraging us to keep going. and it was almost I felt bad for them that we just put them through that but just quickly talking about these big losses we had within the season that has also come from we had set out to play a certain way and this was a long time long-term project we were building an identity of who we wanted to be on that pitch and if you didn't get that perfectly right or if you played a team with high quality that on that day you couldn't match, it went wrong. And that's why even though we were building, we were improving, there were days where we had to suffer massive losses because teams with the quality of, say, a Chelsea is going to pop you if you don't get that right. But the biggest thing is we were fully aware. We knew that those games will also be part of this journey. We just had to make sure that we got the games right where we could win and where we had to win but the biggest thing is we the the way we went out to play was always the same in a sense of our kind of principles but unfortunately we still had to suffer big losses but that's also for an outlook for next season that's where we have to close the gap
1: and talking about outlook for next season you haven't started your pre-season quite yet but How are preparations for 23 and 24 going? How are you trying to stick to that belief, sticking to that tactics, that formation, that family togetherness? How are you preparing for next season?
0: Um, The tactical, technical part, that's up to Willie. But the family part, the belief part, that's up to us players. And that's what's in our control. And that is what we're going to work on from day one. Because we saw how... We never stopped believing and it was tough at times and sometimes we needed our teammates to make us believe again, I say. Um, but if there's something you can take away from last season is that Foxes never quit and we did not quit. We were, we were na- named Mentality Monsters at the end and that's what one of our biggest strengths that other pl- players and other teams didn't go through and that has to be our super strength.
1: Lovely thing to be called, Mentality Monsters. That's something to work with.
0: I take that as a compliment for our team, that not everyone has that and not everyone can build that. And we managed to build that from an awful situation we were in to kind of get it over the finish line with a smile on our face. Just
1: last but not least, I'd like to talk uh, uh, about the transfer window that we've seen so far for your team. Um, So there's a couple of big signings that have been made. Um, and obviously, you're losing Ashley Plumtra, uh, which is, uh, I find, a big loss. Um, can we talk about her, first of all, before we maybe uh, talk about the signings?
0: Yeah, um, Ashley, the club and, and the team is, as you said, a big loss. Um, we're fully aware of that. I think um, Ash is a very thoughtful person. She will have not made a rash decision she will have thought it through, and there will be a reason why she made that decision. And I hope that all the fans and all the people around her, all the people around her will know, but all the fans and the people that maybe don't have that insight will give her time and understand her decision because um, Ash will not make a decision if she hasn't thought it through for nights and days and nights again. Um, So there will be a reason why, obviously, and there will be a very good reason why. And I think when she, with time probably after the World Cup, um, will share what our next journey is or next step is, people will will probably understand the decision. I personally don't even know yet, but I know it won't be a rash decision made.
1: Something I think we should highlight at this point, which I only got aware of just a couple of weeks ago, is that Ashley was one of four players including you, that is still that was still left in the team from getting promoted. So she's a big loss, a very senior player. You guys are losing as well, aren't you?
0: Yeah, a very senior player, a leader, um, a good person, and someone that doesn't shy away from challenges. Um, we had a few players within the team that almost embraced challenges. And that's the reason why we got through everything we got through. Um, we just need more of them now, I believe.
1: So we're going to really be excited to hear what her next steps are. Um, let's talk about the signings a little bit because we talked about Yanina already. She's now on a two-year contract, three-year contract? I think three years. And um, also uh, another person which I was pretty surprised to see uh, as one of the new signings is Lena Peterman, who you played with in the US.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um- People might not know this. Um, people probably will make the connection through Germany. Um, I played against Lena in Germany, but we actually played together in the US when, when we both went to the University of Central Florida.
1: Were you involved in getting her to the club?
0: I wasn't involved in getting her to the club. I had a few conversations with her when she had questions. Um, I think what I mentioned in the first episode about um, moving clubs, you do your research and um, I guess I was one of her resources, so to speak. I think um, when she had a conversation with, obviously, um, our director and, and, and Willie, um, she mentioned my name and they were very confused how the connection came <laughs> in the US, really. Um, and they came up to me after and they were laughing about it and almost saying, you can't get rid of you. Um, you're everywhere. People will mention you. Um, but, yeah, she'd rang me and asked me about the club, the culture, the environment, and obviously um, I could... I only speak highly of what we built in the last six months. Um, I was very honest about the first six months because the question that we do get asked is, why did you have zero points? How is that even possible? <laughs> it's harder to have zero points than actually one point, I think. Mm. It Like, it's unbelievable. But, um, yeah, I was honest with that. And the nice thing, actually, we had a little wag about life, really, as well. Um, we hadn't caught up in a while. Um, but the nice thing that she said to me, and, her, and that really stuck with me, actually, is... Um, she said, so if I know you wouldn't lie to me, I know you'd be mm. honest. If it was shambles, you would tell me? And I said, yeah, I would. Why would I lie to you? Mm. I would I would hate, so if I was Lena and someone just sold me a dream and she she arrived and it was pure chaotic and not professional and, and not a high performance environment, oh, I could not deal with that. I would hate for that person to do that to me. So I would always be honest with the players.
1: So you played with her in the US. How, how important do you think can she be for this team? Because... Just looking at some stats from last season, you did all right in in defence in parts that you conceded 48 goals, but six teams only did better than you. Looking at scoring goals, attacking, you were far off. You were right down the bottom. And with her being included now in the team, how important can she be for the team to get that little bit of relief through attack? I was a defender as well and there was no chance in winning a game if you didn't score goals because you can only defend for so long. But if you always get attacked, 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 attacked again, you are going to concede. So how important is it to get that little bit of relief at the front of having more force in attack?
0: I think before I speak about the stats real quick, but I think Le- Lena is going to be crucial in terms of finishing. Lena's a finisher. Put her in the box, give her a ball, She'll score a goal for you, and I just know that from playing with her in America. And obviously, then afterwards playing against her, watching her, watching her journey as well, you do do that as players when you share the pitch. You, you often kind of follow their journeys as well as well and see how they're doing. Um, I think Lena very well suits the way we play. She will add quality. She will add competition, and she's definitely going to score goals. Um, I had a little joke with her the other day, so when her signing came out, I can share it now, It's quite, well, I think it's quite funny, but um, when her signing came out, came out, I messaged her, she's not on Twitter, so I, I took a screenshot of what was said and whatnot, and I sent it to her and we were laughing, and um, I had that thought where, I don't know if you know this, but I had a spell when I was, was put up up top in the last 15 minutes to I guess go a uh, with my head or I guess just flick the walls on and I um I messaged her and we'd spoke about that we had a little laugh on the phone um so and she was aware of that so I texted and I said I guess my my time as a nine is officially over <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh god I don't want to see you up there <laughs>
0: she was howling, and she said you'll <laughs> give me a goal somehow and I was like all right cheers but um to talk about the stats because I think it's crucial to to mention how these stats, I believe, evolved is the biggest change that happened when Willie really came in for me is we went out to now win games. We didn't go out to not lose games. So from sitting and waiting, defending for 90, and then most of the time conceding late, because as you said, you can only defend for so long. Um, football gives you many chances. When you make a mistake, you can help your teammate out. You can, you can solve an issue. But at some point, you can't anymore. And then you'll concede but going out now to win games, yes, at times we had to suffer massive losses that I mentioned earlier, but we went out to score goals. We we had this shift and Brighton comes and we score three goals. We hadn't scored three goals in the entire half <laughs> season before that.
1: Yeah,
0: it, Like we laugh about it now, but it's actually so hard to believe. Um, so I think these stats all look very different this year. Um, so it's almost unfair to say our strikers didn't score goals. Oh, that's not what I said.
1: Because I can give you the numbers on that as well. So you did score 15 goals, but it was an average of 0.69 goals a game. And that's just not enough.
0: No, 100%. And and we all know that. That is not good enough. That's far off where we want to be. And that's not only attackers. That is everyone on the pitch. Because as you said, or as you know, attack starts from the build-up. Yeah. And defending starts from the press. So everyone's involved. So we didn't even give our strikers a chance to score goals. Because we pretty much just defended and then gave them the ball and said, do what you can, but we all hope for the best. So now, the second half of the season, we created chances by building up, moving the ball up the pitch. Here you go, we're supporting you. Go and score goals. We've got you behind you. And that's what happened.
1: So to end this episode, give me your three takeaways from last season and the three keys to success this season.
0: I think the biggest one is we will not give up. We will not give up. If we can get through what we got through last year and we came out the way we did, we will not give up. We are mentality monsters, as someone called us. The second one is, if the foundation isn't right, you can have the best players, you can even have the best people, it's not going to work. So we're going to work on keeping that foundation strong and building on that, which I think we already have done, not only with, with signings, but also with the work we've done in the second half of the season. And the third thing is, we're going to have to grind it out on the pitch and that is sessions where you lose your legs and you can't walk and you're almost crawling back to the changing room and you come in the next day and it's the same thing (laughs) but we are ready yeah you laugh it's awful but we are ready to put ourselves through that to be ready for the season
1: so thank you so for all your time and all your insights again it was it was lovely talking to you again thank you everyone for listening in sign up and we hope to see you soon
0: thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you in the next episode take care